Hi, welcome to my creativity. This is a podcast about being creative and producing output. I'm your host, Surrey. I reveal how I work, my projects, my process, well, my creativity, from the planning and goal setting to how I stay accountable for my output, to the way ideas pop into my head and to the frameworks I use to stimulate my creativity and formalize it. Now, each week I go over my goals from last week and at the end of the episode, I produce some new goals to achieve in the coming week. And this is part of my accountability. I have a set of goals that I've planned out based on a 10-year mission down to annual, quarterly, monthly, weekly goals. So let's start with my goals from last week. First of all, I'll recount my goals for October in general. is to publish book three to create my brand manifesto and marketing strategy, to release Exit Plan 3, and to run on Saturday and Sunday a 5km run and a 10km run. So let's see how I'm going. Last week's goals, run 5k and 10k. Yeah, I did that. It was pretty cool. My leg, my legs caused me a problem, so I'm going to be running slowly. But yesterday I went for a nice 5k run, it was beautiful. Today, turns out my daughter rides her bike at the same speed that I run. So we had a little father-daughter day today where I went jogging off and she rode along with me. And then we stopped off and had some lunch and we came running home, so it was really nice. Now releasing book one update. I've been going through reformatting and doing some further editing of book one. And I've got an update ready for that. The problem is the page count has changed. That means I've got to change the cover. So I have not yet published that or not rela- released that one. And releasing book two. Uh, again, I'm, I'm working on like fitting the cover to that. Exit plan 11. I sat down today to put that together. Turns out there was a voice that I missed. So I'm appealing to the internet to get a hold of a, a voice actor who will, who will speak these lines. And um, someone's responded, so I'm seeing the lines off, and hopefully they get that back to me you know, in the next day or so, and I can release Exit Plan a couple of days late, but released. And Judgment Day. I did not get that any further. Gosh, you know, it's... It's really hard getting this recording done. When Ex- Exit Plan's just got uh, 13 episodes this season, so there's just a couple left. That'll free up my time. And, th- and this is a struggle, and I know a lot of people have the same struggle, of working full-time, looking after a couple of kids, and a dog, I suppose, and also trying to fit in all of the steps that I need to achieve my creative goals. 
So it's a, it's a constant process of learning and adapting. Now, what I wanted to talk about tonight is I'm currently writing a, putting together a, a book, a reference book called, so far the working title is How to Write a Novel. From planning to self-publishing, and this is interesting because I have done, yeah, I've written some books and I've published a couple, and in all of them I did a lot of research, as one does. Certainly, I do. I don't know if other people do it, but I, I get a topic and then I research the living crap out of it, and I found a distinct lack of direct and actionable advice on how to write a novel and how to actually self-publish it. There's a lot of kind of advice that skirts around the edges of it and describes components of the process, components of how to put a novel together. And it's sort of a... It's too much of this sort of, well, you could do this. What you have to try to do is this sort of thing. You know, like... And it frustrated me. So I thought, you know what, and I, I keep reading people requesting uh, information on Reddit and on various other places, on Twitter and things. They, they ask these same questions of, okay, how do I write a novel? How do I know my story is big enough? How do I make sure that the novel turns out at the end to be a story that people will want to read? Now, I can't give you an exact formula of how to write a, and a, you know, a groundbreaking novel or something that is astonishing. But I have put together enough of my own research and from my own experience that means that you could write a novel, having never written one before, you'd follow these steps exactly and do what I say, being very authoritarian there, I know, but... Obviously, this is your choice to do this. That you can, you can forge ahead in your own, like I had to, and like millions of other people have had. Or you can follow these steps, and you will write a novel that has uh, as close to being correct pacing as you're going to get. It's going to have all of the components of a plot within your story, and it's going to describe to you what a plot is versus a story, and and all these other bits and pieces. And it's going to give you some tools on how to come up with your ideas, how to develop characters. And it's, it'll, it'll tell you, if you follow the steps and you write the, the work down and you do it, you will come out of the end with a novel that fits a, a popular a model of plot development and it will be correctly formatted and able to be uploaded and released on your favorite uh, self-publishing platform amazon let's face it. it's going to be amazon is where you're going to put it to if you put it to other sites you've either got a very particular use case that you want to achieve for example you are releasing uh, serialized or episodic short form stories like chapter by chapter or something but otherwise yeah basically it's going to tell you how to do everything set everything up so you're ready to go and in writing this i've i've got this this uh, model that I have picked up and developed from various sources. The primary source here is basically this rule of three. 
Now, rule of three basically says that for some reason in, in writing or in speaking or in whatever, there's this principle that a trio of events or characters or concepts is more humorous or satisfying or it's more effective than other numbers. You can get some really obvious examples in fairy tales. Uh, things like the three little pigs, the three billy goats gruff, and three bears and Goldilocks. These are really obvious options, and it's it's very satisfying. You, you, Goldilocks rocks up to the three bears' house, and there's three bowls of porridge. One's too hot, one's too cold, one is just right. And it's this... It's the minimum number of things you need in order to get here's one thing, here's a comparison, and here's the answer. And so you can extend this into other parts of your writing, and this is this is what I'm writing about in my How to Write a Novel. Because this is something that I have picked up and I use in order to keep my writing structured so I know what I'm doing, what has to happen, and how I have to develop things. And the reason I, I use these models and these structures is because I don't like doing revision. Revision is a pain in the ass. And I've certainly heard people talking, they sort of say uh, they basically have this seven-step process and four or five of those steps are rewriting the entire novel from the start. And to me, that sounds like, yeah, I'm a computer programmer, I'm a software engineer. My dream is that I could automate everyone out of a job. And that sounds terrible, but let me explain. What I mean by that is, I, I think that we should be able to make our lives so efficient that the time we spend is time we spend on things we want to spend time on. And we've already done that with things like washing machines and vacuum cleaners. And Have you ever done your laundry by hand? It takes all day. Now I pop it in the washing machine and walk away. Half an hour later, I bring it out and I chuck it in a dryer, walk away. In an hour's time, it's done. And you can even get all-in-one combo ones, which will just do the whole lot. And so this sort of uh, models and structures and so forth, you want to introduce this efficiency into your writing so that when you finish your first draft, your first step isn't to then go back and rewrite the entire damn thing. Because if you've written 100,000 words, and let's say you write 1,000 words a day because you know, you're not full-time on this, it's 100 days minimum. That's three, four months of your life that you've spent writing the book, and now you're going to go back and rewrite it. And then people sort of say, oh, and then they cut out sections and move it around or scrap. Yeah, and I remember my first book I wrote was 110, 120,000 sort of word epic fantasy, there's about 30 or 35,000 words I just had to chuck out because I wrote by the seat of my pants. I just thought I knew the story and I started writing and I got to a point and I was, I was like, this isn't working. This just not right. Like It's not cool. And so I went back and looked and I found that this, this whole couple of sections were just not working. They just weren't right. And I chucked them. So 30,000, that's a month's month worth of work 
thrown out. Why would I do that? So I use these models, and in this particular case, the rule of threes, in order to structure my writing so I have as few revisions as possible at the end. You do your first draft, then you want to go through and, and correct any sort of obvious grammar, spelling, some lines, and you want to go through and like rewrite awkward sentences or make more effective word choices that are in better keeping with your theme and tone, which uh, in my book I'm describing how to set these things. But you don't want to have to rewrite your whole book. You want to do it, you know, re review it as few times as necessary before getting an editor or a beta reader or, or whatever. Or even just publishing itself. I mean, that's always an option. So what is this rule of three then? I've talked about fairy tales use it. It's a way of being more satisfying. But more specifically, I break it down to this concept of a setting or setup or description, however you want to call it, setup, say, the action and the reaction or response. And I use this uh, threes at different scopes. So when you're talking about the entire story, you're looking at a three-act structure. A three-act structure, first act is the setup. It's uh, introduce all your characters, set up who everyone is, what ordinary life looks like, and then you set up the actual dramatic question, the inciting incident, the bit that makes the story the story, so that you know what's going to happen. And if you've ever watched that movie Superman vs. Batman or Batman vs. Superman, The Dawn of Justice, you'll understand why you need to have this inciting incident and set up because that movie does not. It lacks plot. I have no idea what they were thinking of, but I got an hour into the movie and I was forcing myself and I was still sitting there going, what is this movie about? What the hell's going to happen? Like, it's called Batman vs Superman, but so far, there's nothing. The only interesting thing was Wonder Woman, and they didn't show her enough. And I was like, "Come on!" It's like Wonder Woman's actually doing something. She's sneaking around. She's nicking stuff. Like, why? What? Who is she? What's she doing? But instead, we just keep going back to like Superman just walking around. I don't know, doing nothing, and Batman kind of walking around doing nothing, and you know. So the first part is the setup. Then you have the action. This is the largest part uh, that you might call. This is the, the fun and the games. This is the part where the hero comes into their power. They have discovered who their bad guy is. They try to fight against him and everything either fails and fails and fails until they're at some low point and then they start rising or they go really really well and up to some point where they seem like king of the world and then to have to reference titanic as king of the world and then titanic hits an iceberg and they start sinking and everything gets really 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 bad all the way down to the end of act two the start of act three then you start to get this a little bit of hope hope and failure, hope and failure, until you get the climax and everything goes on. So that's breaking the three parts. Breaking that down then, in each act, you want to have a setup, some action or reaction. So in act one, you want to have the setting. So you want to say, here's the main character, here's a couple of his basic flaws and virtues, here's a couple of his friends, here's the situation he's in. 
And then you want to have the action, which is like, oh, here's some event or incident that changes all of that setup. And the reaction, here's the realization of the world has changed and we discover what the point of the story is. But you break that down to the scenes. So you're writing a chapter then. You break that into three. You've got a setup where you introduce how things are at the start of this chapter. Because usually you have some sort of a, I'm not going to say cliffhanger, but you, you have something unresolved in the prior chapter. So this first part of the chapter sets up the scene for how this chapter is going to be. And then you have the action, which is where you get a bit of resolution of what's going on. And the reaction to that, the response to the action then, is going to be what's going to lead you into the next chapter. And you break this down. So I break it right down. So in particular, I use it for uh, dialogue scenes. And this is a lesson I learned from a an activity I did, which was to um, become more mindful or understand how you interact and how you think. And that's a really cool activity I did. So I paired up with another guy. And I told this other person a story of a recent event which uh, was significant to me, or a situation significant to me. And then, as a couple, we went over to another couple who'd done the same thing, and the guy I told my story to proceeded to tell my story to the other two people as if it was their own story. And then the other two people asked questions. Not of me, but of the person who told it, as if, and they've got to answer it as if this is actually their story. And this was very, what was really interesting is that I told this story uh, to my partner, and then my partner then retold the story, and I was sitting, I was quite pleased with myself. I was sitting there going, oh, they're, they're getting all the details right, everything I said, that's exactly correct. And uh, people asked questions about the story, and it was answering exactly correctly. And then the fatal question was asked. How did that make you feel? And the guy stopped and just sort of rolled his eyes around and looked at me and looked back at the people and then he kind of started making up his own things. And I, and I saw that and I went, holy crap, that's, that's correct. I just gave him, I told him a story and it was just a list of facts. It was all set up and action. So I gave a bit of setting, I told them what the actual um, event was, but I missed off the reaction, the response. You're like, so what about this event? I didn't say how I felt about it. What did it mean to me? What was its significance in my life? And what did it possibly hint at as coming up ahead? And so I had to look back at my writing. And the way I was writing, in particular dialogue scenes, you know, where characters are interacting with one another... It was much the same. My my descriptive um, process was quite good. The dialogue they'd say to each other was reasonable. But there was no, you know, okay, so someone has just said, oh, I think your eyes are beautiful. And the other character then just doesn't respond. I don't, you know, obviously in my head, I know this oh this character is quite flattered by that and is is going to treat this other person nicely because of it. But I didn't reveal that. I didn't show that to the reader. And so that's where I came up with this 
setting, action, and reaction response. And it breaks all the way down, and particularly down to this dialogue level, where you describe the scene. So there's two characters, they're sitting in a cafeteria eating lunch, and I describe a bit of the lunch, a bit of the cafeteria. So we really know these two characters and the place they're sitting in. Then we have some action. One character says to the other, oh, hey, how are you going at your new job? Instantly now, I need a response. He could say something like, oh, yeah, okay. But I need to have that inner reaction. And, you know, maybe he's going, oh, a bit anxious. Uh, I don't want to tell this person that I got fired today. I feel ashamed that I was not able to keep a job. Uh, and it's even worse now. I'm lying to them. I'm saying everything's okay. And, you know, so you've got this inner work. And that's down this, this sort of micro level. The setting, action, reaction. And you pull that back. So the whole chapter, then the whole scene, then you set it up and you have some sort of an action and some sort of action, reaction or response. The chapter, you pull out to the act, the book. And in fact, uh, you can look then at a trilogy of books as being the same one, same way. So the first book in a series of three is about setting up the world. Most of the point of that, and if you look at movies, superhero movies in particular do this, and a really good example is the Tobey Maguire um, Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man 1 is the origin story, and this usually is the case. So that's the setting that movie as a whole is just setting up the world, the characters, and it leaves you with this question at the end, which is like, oh, well, what's going to come of the fact now that he's Spider-Man? And inside the movie, of course, you had the story where he's, we've set him up, he's a bit of a geeky nerd, he likes Mary Jane, he's not particularly popular or capable at school, and he's living with his uncle and aunt, and he's, uh, he's quite conscientious. And then we have the action where he gets bitten by the spider and he gains his powers and everything's looking really cool because he's just amazing. He, he does that wrestling match and he's like on top of the world. And then the criminal dude shoots uh, uncle, whoever the uncle is, Peter Barker's uncle. Uh, and everything goes really south very quickly because then the Green Goblin also rocks up. And, you know, his life is thrown into chaos. His loved ones are threatened by the Green Goblin and so forth. And then we have the reaction. What's the response of all of this is that he tracks down and he fights and defeats the Green Goblin. And he can break each of those bits down as well. So it's a really good example. Whenever I'm thinking of how to structure a story and I'm thinking of this model of threes, I think of the Spider-Man trilogy. Because it's, it's just got the same thing. So the middle one is is all the action. It's about Spider-Man fighting Octavius and becoming a savior of New York and all the rest of it. And the third one then is reaction. So what happens to him after he's now the savior of New York? Yes, Spider-Man's really popular. How does this fall out? And if you've seen the movies, you know how it falls out. So that's the rule of threes. And that's what is part of what's going into this book I'm writing, How to Write a Novel. And again, obviously my book's going to be less rambling because I can structure it properly. And then, uh, yeah, so this book basically will come out and it's part of my marketing strategy. I'm talking about my brand manifesto, 
part one of my virtues oh, virtues is that the right term my values my brand value is planning uh, and that's that's where creatives in order to be successful and to be supported need to plan to be successful so this book is about that but it forms part of the marketing strategy each part of this book then is something I'm going to release in various forms uh, in blog posts short videos this podcast and Facebook Twitter and and so forth it's going to sort of come out as it's developed and as I as I finish researching it and so on so that's that's part of the strategy because again my annual goal uh, priority here is to get a thousand um, listeners followers a thousand people that I have contact with at least hopefully I get more but that's the goal and this is part of how I'm doing it so this in fact you could say this is part one of my three-part you know strategy setting so I'm setting things up now action will be when I'm releasing all this stuff and the response is how I use that to feedback in so I hope I hope this has been helpful I have a bit of a research on three-act structure and the rule of threes and think about my categorization of setting action reaction or set up action and response how do you want to look at that and now let's talk about next week's goals but before I do how about if any of you have interest in becoming more accountable becoming more productive think about writing your goals down send them in to me and I'm gonna share them online I won't name your names we'll keep it anonymous because you know let's face it too many people already know too much about us but by me putting it out there by you seeing it to me and me putting it out there it's gonna make it pretty real if it's a commitment you want to make and keep let me know at gravity undone on Twitter Facebook Instagram surrey at gravityundone.net as an email address um, I'm sure there's that's yeah you can also get a whole space brains or any other of my podcasts whatever so next week's goals then I'm still running five and ten kilometers that's nice I've got to release my books so they're just sitting there and I've just got to get those those covers finished off and exit plan 11 and 12 so I, I didn't get 11 done but it's going to be done in the next couple of days and 12 will be released um, I've got to record the Space Brains podcast I, I haven't been putting them on there so yesterday I actually developed uh, you know produced and released Space Brains which is a, a podcast it's a podcast where we watch joy watch sci-fi movies and tell you what's good and what is great Myself, Surrey, and my co-host, Mark. Hiya! That wasn't Mark, that was just me. Uh, we discuss a movie and their, you know, their classics or recent releases. And we talk about all the things that are good and great about those movies. Even movies that may have scored poorly with the critics. Because we're not there to critique the movie. We're there to find out what's so cool about science fiction. Because science fiction is just worthy of love. So, um, yeah, I had to actually uh, produce that and edit it and release it yesterday. And that movie was Pitch Black. 
the first Riddick movie and the only Riddick movie you should ever watch. One of Vin Diesel's best movies. He is so good in that movie. If you haven't seen Pitch Black, do yourself a favor and watch it. And joy watch it. Like really look to see the greatness that you can get out of it. So I've got to record Space Brains. We're doing the movie Anon, short for Anonymous, Anon, which is, that's a pretty cool movie. We'll record it and it'll be released in a couple of weeks' time so you can listen in, find out how cool it is. In the meantime, think in three, not two, and I'll speak to you later. See ya. See ya.